Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and random happenings from around the world of sports. We're going to get right into it. Uh, a lot of these leagues now starting to come around, figuring out their restart date scenarios, what they're going to do in case players get sick, uh, what they're going to do about fans not being there, futures of the leagues as far as revenue goes. A lot of interesting revelations these last couple of days. Uh, for one, Rob Manfred, who said just five days ago, MLB commissioner and show favorite, Rob Manfred, said he guaranteed 100% there would be baseball. And apparently was quoted just, I believe it was today, saying, I'm not so sure now. Well, let's put that in the no shit category. <laughs> so I... I, I... I want. I would like to preface it before we before we dig into all the uh, Robbie boy here. Oh, Robbie! Why don't we go down the list of what's what what sports are what sports are doing what? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. So we already know what the NBA. We went actually spent what half a show on um, what the NBA is doing. Yep. So I think we can kind of breeze by that. So let's let's uh, let's dig into the WNBA. Um, and actually, this just came out today as well. Uh, they're doing a. Tw- Twenty-two game restart in late July in Florida. Not um, not Wide World of Sports Complex. They're they're doing another part, but they're doing a 22 game regular season. And they'll they'll go right into their postseason. We already talked about the twenty-four team restart for um the NHL, and they opened up camps a few days ago. And obviously, we know they haven't put a start date to the season, but they're they're taking it one step at a time. Understandable. The NFL, as as stated many times, they're on schedule. They think they'll open the season on time. Uh, obviously, they've already cut off two preseason games, but they plan to start on time. With or without fans is still up in the air. I just want to interject real quick. Shoot. I did see reports today that there have been some Texans and Cowboys players who have tested positive. And now, now there's a lot of players. And, oh, not a lot. I can't say a lot. There's some players. And apparently front office people, and these people are always anonymous because nobody ever wants to give their opinion nowadays. Right. Who are stating that the league is also making a plan if they have to start late. Like if, if, if this thing ends up, you know, continuing, you know, through the summer, September, October, you know, obviously we all know NFL season starts early September with actual live games. Uh, the you know preseason starts. I mean, it's essentially a year-round job for those guys. But preseason and, and training camp start should normally, if everything was on schedule, fairly soon. Um, yes. So I mean, there NBA, an NBA, excuse me, NFL is still being proactive, like these other leagues should have been, and already making a plan on what to do instead of being caught with their pants down. When the time comes. So, right. you know. Um, the MLS uh, is remo- resuming play next month at the Wide World of Sports Complex. Okay. So they're going to be there they too. Good. Your advice, Chris, yep. and they're going down there. Uh, June 24th will be the preseason, and then they'll start their season, uh, well, tournament, I should say, uh, July 8th, and it'll go till August 11th, which will be the day of their final. The National Women's Soccer League will begin June 27th 
with a nine-team, 25-game tournament. Uh, they actually started televising. Uh, I think it was they were going to start televising in March, and then they halted their season like everyone else did. Right. Um, as you know, you know, every two years they have World Cup. We have, or we have um, the Olympics, and the women's soccer, uh, national women's soccer t- league uh, team, is elevated to pretty much the front of the sports world because they're a they're so dominant b they're so good and c they're very good to watch like i don't like soccer i can't stand watching a zero zero tie after 90 minutes but you get you're a hockey fan go figure i i I mean just you take the wins where you can chris with me you just take the wins where you can um but you get me at World Cup when the women are playing or the, the Olympics, I'm in. They're, they're so entertaining to watch uh, during, during the World Cup and, and, and the Olympics. So this is a perfect scenario for them to take advantage of a, from June 27th to whenever they finish to capture the entire nation. Yeah, they'll be the only show in town. It's it. They, yeah, like, that's great. That's good for them, man. Like I understand that hockey will have or is doing is doing their training camps and and you know WNBA will be starting soon and the NA, uh, the NHL and, and everyone else is like but they're they're in the beginning processes or they're in preseason process right they're gonna be in it they're just they're gonna start June twenty seventh we're talking twelve days from now so and this is an opportunity for them and and oh, that's, absolutely. And that's the point I want to make. They're taking an opportunity and seizing it. There's another league that is not taking an opportunity and not seizing it. Chris, what league is that? Oh, man. Okay, before I get into that, before I get into the negative of baseball, okay. uh, the um, I think uh, just to agree with your point, like I'm not afraid to express my opinion. I'm not I'm not one. Yeah, Ben chuckles because he's known me for 20 years. Um. And this isn't this isn't pandering. This isn't trying to say something that's going to sound popular and get brownie points from people because oh wow that's that's so great to hear him say that. Honestly, it's about damn time that these women soccer players got more attention. Truthfully, they're really really damn good. Yes, and it, I mean it's it's every like you said every two years we have the World Cup, and they're they're front and center, and then you don't hear about them for two more years. Well, they're still playing soccer. Correct, they are. They're still. I mean, you don't you don't play at that level and not practice. So, like I said, from a talent on the field level, they deserve more time. And I think it's great, like you said, they are taking advantage of this opportunity to be the only show in town for at least two weeks when people are starved for sports and really bring some eyeballs onto what they're doing because they are incredibly talented. And they are, by all accounts, everybody I know who's a soccer fan, I do know quite a few, believe it or not, uh, they they absolutely enjoy watching the women's team more than the men's team because, quite frankly, they're just more competitive. More competitive. Yeah, um, but that do the positive note. Good for them, and I, I hopefully they can get some more exposure to their league and you know elevate it because it's not going to be hard to make uh, be more popular than baseball pretty soon. Let's just say that because they apparently have no intention of playing in twenty twenty. So which which part of this that came out today that you do you want to dig into first? Because there's as the as the famous quote is. There's a lot to unpack. 
Yeah, there's a there's a whole cargo hold to unpack. It's, I mean, you have counter uh, countering statements from the MLBPA, right, and the owners and Rob Manfred, essentially trying to convince the public, woe is us. We can't do what we want to do, and we can't put on the the game that you want to see, and we can't uh, give you fans what we know you want. Because the other side is being really, really mean to us, and they won't work with us. And it's just like, you know what? Go away. Honestly. I love the game of baseball, but right now MLB can go away. I'm I'm so tired of seeing this crap. I, I can't. I, <laughs> you're talking. I would say. Go ahead. What's up? I was just gonna say, I've been kind of like on the 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 middle the fence between who I'm gonna side with, MLB or MLBPA. You know, I think both sides have been slinging mud. Both sides have been talking through the media. It, it, it's been a lot of back and forth. Okay, there was one point I've been bringing up to you week in and week out. So one of the things I do before we start uh, recording uh, is go to the websites and check out what they're doing, right? And what's the same thing I tell you every single week when I look at MLB.com? There's nothing about not, not playing in there. Nothing about the restart. They are completely just trying to sweep this under the rug. And instead of being like, well, you know, we um, here's, here's the three or four things we need to do to make this work. It's, oh, we're just going to pull the wool over your eyes, and here's the best shortstops from 1997. Okay, so, great. Who cares? So when I texted you today, what did I text you? Finally saw something. Yes. Finally, after months, MLB acknowledged the fact they have a problem. So, so, and I, I brought this up because when I said I was on the fence, yeah, I'm not on the fence anymore, Chris. I've I've swung to as much as I don't trust Tony Clark, and I I hate the fact that the union is is pressing for this. And the union and the players are pressing for all the money that they want in a time when you really shouldn't be making about money. You've now swung me on the player side because the exact moment you want to reveal what's going on, you're trying to push your narrative because you have a website to push your narrative. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you've chosen to do. Yep. Which I think is complete bullshit that you've decided at this juncture to put your statement out saying we're all, the owners are hundred percent for the season start players aren't working with us. And that's just, that is complete generalization of what was said. You want to go on MLB.com. You can actually find it on there. It was stunned, stunned me at first when I saw it. It's but damage control. Run- it's damage control. That's all that's it is. All it is. Because they, all it is. they know there's no season. They know there will not be a season. They know what we've all known for about a month and a half now. And I was a little late to the party, so maybe about three weeks for me. Uh, it's absolute damage control because right. the owners and Rob Manfred, despite his, I guarantee you 100% will have baseball. Shut up, Rob. That was childish, but whatever. Um, despite everybody knowing that we weren't going to have a season, the owners and, and Rob Manfred somehow were hanging on, or at least in a public eye they were. I mean, they had to really know in their heart it wasn't happening. But now instead of just coming out and saying we just could not reach an agreement. We let the fans down. We're sorry. We're gonna we're gonna do better on the next collective bargaining agreement to make sure this stuff doesn't happen again. It's well, the big mean players won't get on the field unless we pay them. Okay. Well, I mean, 
how many different agreements do you have to go? I mean, look, the players are overpaid. It's a, it's a game. It's a sport. And we've been through this every time I bring up money. I get it. But there's agreements and contracts that are legally binding for what these guys are going to make. So, okay. So it's fair to say you play less games, you're going to get less pay. Okay. Well, now the owners aren't going to get the revenue because there's not going to be fans in attendance. So now it's, well, we got to renegotiate again because now we're not going to get our cut. Okay. Well, now you're only going to get 75%. Okay. Well, now you're going to get this percent. Let me tell you what. I don't care what you're making. If you continue to get knocked down the pay, uh, the, 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 the pedestal as far as like what you're going to be making, you're going to become increasingly disgruntled. Yeah. So I'm not asking anybody to cry these guys at River. Just remember, not everyone's Mike Trout. Not everyone's Bryce Harper. Some of these guys are going to go from making, you know, a couple hundred grand a year down to what you would make for working a regular job, which there's nothing wrong with. We both work regular jobs. That's fine. We're not knocking that. But why are you going to put yourself through that physically and take the chance of getting sick and make the owners all this money when you can just as easily do something else and make the same amount? So I'm kind of rambling here. But at the end of the day, the owners are the ones who continue to try to retract and say, well, wait, now we're not going to make this much? Okay, we got to pay a few less. When we're going to make less, we got to give you less. It's stupid. It's all stupid. And so it's- let, let, let me run, run through so I can, I can kind of save you a little bit, um, save your breath a little bit. Uh, yeah, I need some so oxygen. What, <laughs> so what we have transpiring, whether it be today, yesterday, you know, the previous few days, is the MLBPA rejected their last offer and told MLB that give us the start date so we can get ready. Now, what they're implying is is Manford can force the fifty game, um, fifty game season on the MLPA at hundred percent prorated rate. But here's here's what the MLB wants. They want the players to sign waivers in case they get COVID uh, that they won't sue MLB. And now they want them to sign waivers so they won't file a grievance against MLB because of the dollars. Now you say, why would they do that? Because MLB got wind of Tony Clark and their lawyers back channel conversations with agents and players on if they force a 50 game season, they're going to file a billion dollar grievance against MLB. Right. Why, why is that though? Why is that? Well, I think the tipping point, Chris was when the uh, contract for the playoffs was unveiled a few days ago with Turner of a billion dollars, I think it was a, a million or I think it was a billion dollars. I think that um, kind of incentivized the MLPA to kind of force MLB to bring the truth to the front of the table. Oh, so this was this was a TV contract. This is a TV contract. Okay, for, okay, okay, I got you. So for increased right increased viewership of increased um, playoff games on Turner. I don't know what it's, uh, TBS TNT. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. So. That came out, uh, was it? I think it was Friday as well. I remember seeing it on ESPN. It was a... And I just find that interesting. Like, all this stuff has happened in the past few days. 
And when we closed out on 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 Thursday night, the episode that aired on uh, aired on Friday, we had a discussion about well, we were going to split this episode in half and go fifty percent on the NBA restart and what teams we're looking at and and who's got the best odds and the other half was going to be NHL and we were going to do the same thing with the NHL see who's who do we think has got the best odds who's looking good who's got the best chances and we said what are we going to do if we get news five minutes ten minutes before the episode uh we're going to start recording this episode you know what 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 route were we going to go yeah how does that alter our, our discussion we didn't have to wait till till five minutes before. no they were nice enough it to tell us was yeah. the ne- it was the next day yep. that we started yep. getting information on mlbpa you know putting the deadline because they put a deadline today to find out what they were going to do so i just find it all interesting and then i will i will put this little nugget in here for you chris i remember i i remember keep telling you that you know when's the cba st- and i gotta find out the CBA ends at the end of the 2021 season. So not this so not this season that we would play. It'd be next year at the end of that season. So they would have to renegotiate a new CBA before the beginning of the 2020 season. Or 2022, 2022 season. I don't see it happening, man. I just don't see it happening. It, and you get I mentioned to you that there's there's an increased amount of stories coming out about could this be the end of baseball you know over the past few months there's an, another one came out about what's this gonna what irreparable damage is this gonna do to baseball for the future well we've been we've been we've been bringing that up for for weeks about six eight weeks now so I don't think they're not telling us anything we don't already know and haven't brought up right. so you know, not not trying to brag or nothing, but we we've been on that ball for a while, right? But I mean, that 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 goes to my point. I, I made this a while ago because I think it was probably three four weeks ago. Don't remember what episode number that was. By the way, this is episode number seventy two. Forgot to say it at the head of the show. So thank you for listening. If you've been listening from the beginning, if you're brand new, thank you regardless. Okay, so the owners. Like you said, at the same time they're complaining about money and revenue and all this, sign a billion dollar deal. I assume those deals are usually, you know, four or five years, or is that billion dollars a year? Do you know? Not uh, often. Okay. I'm talking, I will, I will get your but information. Either way, that's a that's a ridiculous amount of money just to air the playoff games. It has nothing to do with regular season games or anything else. So the owners are continuing to try to undercut the players, and. You know, the players are essentially saying when they told Rob Manfred, just tell us how many games you're playing. Okay, we understand you have the authority to mandate it. Although Rob Manfred in authority is, is, is an oxymoron because the man doesn't have the guts to enforce anything. He's absolutely terrible. But they're saying you're going to get this billion dollars for us playing. Pay us. 100% prorated for 50 games. We'll get on the field. We'll play. These people sign contracts. These these are all businessmen and women in these front offices. Like these are things that are that are binding legally. And you know, 
the players have gone to the table to negotiate, and the owners try to undercut them, and then they go back and they undercut them again, and then they finally the players just say, "Tell us how many games we can play for a hundred percent prorated. Mandate that we'll get on the field." And the owners say, uh, "Well, no, uh, we've tried over and over and over again, and we know that this isn't going to work." And by the way, we just signed a billion dollar deal. Okay, yeah. I think they're both acting childish, both sides. But quite honestly, if I had to pick a side of the fence to fall on, it would be on the player side easily. Uh, it's, so it's a billion dollar deal. There's no years placed on it. All it's all I keep seeing is the deal was going to run. The current deal was going to run out at the end of the 2021 season. Okay. So the new agreement would start ironically in the 2022 season, which would be the same year the new CBA would start. I don't think that's ironic. I think that's done on purpose, honestly. Of course it is. Yeah. It is. It absolutely is. And now, now the players have ammunition for when they want to renegotiate the CBA, which, by the way, is going to be too, too long of a battle for anyone to come out victorious. People... Each side is going to look disgustingly ugly at the end when this deal actually gets signed, whenever it gets signed. And I will contend it may not be a full season, but it will be at least a part season strike because the owners are going to feel it yet again, the crippling blow of not having revenue because they've already felt it this year. And it's not anyone's fault, but now no, it wasn't. This wasn't anybody's fault to start with. To start with, but now it is. Yeah, now it is becoming yeah. a big problem. And you could have taken advantage of this situation, but you didn't. So it's your own fault for not taking advantage of the situation and having to start. If if you started this and then all of a sudden you got hit with people getting um, contracting COVID nineteen then okay, I can understand if, if you put the brakes on the season. and Absolutely, 100%. But it, you didn't even you, – you, we haven't even gotten to the point where we're starting to put a schedule together. We've never gotten to that point. So, honestly, and I think I think agree, I agree with this statement that was said uh, a few hours ago on radio. Both sides need to get rid of the heads. And yes. I mean that. Manford needs to go and Tony Clark needs to go. Absolutely. And it was put very eloquently by, um, I don't remember who it was, um, on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Manford is a joke and has no idea what he's doing and has zero initiative to, to get this done. And he's trying to get the best deal he can with a, a, a union that is supremely more powerful than any other union, arguably in the United States. And Tony Clark is trying to make up for a, a joke of a deal he made, which I know sounds redundant because they're the most powerful union, yet Tony Clark made a joke deal. Both can be true because the people before Tony Clark made this union such a force that Every time they renegotiate, they got they got a win. They get a, they got wins every time they renegotiate. And now you essentially have a salary cap in Major League Baseball with the luxury tax. 
am I wrong on that? Is that that's a that's no, a not truest, at all. No, no, that's a true value value point. Is is you have a luxury tax is is essentially a salary cap where you want to get below a dollar value, so you're going to pay people less, but you don't have a floor. So when the floor, the the Miami Marlins continue to drop their payroll to to bottom feeder level. And yet you have a team like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers literally have two players that would equal the entire salary cap of the Miami Marlins. That's a problem. Well, and, and, and here's the problem with that. People might go, well, if they just want to pay less, you know, it's no big deal. The thing is, you're still getting the revenue sharing money and the luxury tax money split up. So right. you have ownership like the Marlins, who are notorious for, they put together a team that competes, they win a World Series, and then they completely disband. Because then they have that revenue the following year that's increased. And they have the revenue sharing. And they have a $40 million payroll. And when, you know, twice. other teams have, you know, $170, $180 million. They have $40. they are saving that money. And they're getting the revenue sharing on top of it, which is just going in ownership's pocket. It's not getting spent on the team like it's supposed to be. You don't see that in any other sport. And, and Mar- the Marlins did it twice, remember? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Very well. And let's be very transparent. That was the old ownership. We're on uh, the Marlins are under uh, Derek Jeter ownership. Um, what was it? Jeffrey Loria was not the. It's not the owner of the the Philadelphia Eagles. He's no, uh, yeah, similar to that, but it's a different person completely. I had sold the team to Derek Jeter like two or three years ago, and I understand that Derek Jeter blew a lot of people out of town. Uh, but if I was owner of the team and I took over ownership and I looked at Giancarlo Stanton's contract, yeah, I would try to get out of that contract real quick. Sure. Especially with his health concerns and the, 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 the clear fact that the next year or two, he's going to be a DH purely. And since we're not going to get a DH in the entire league for the next decade, it makes no sense for an L team to have a DH only player. Well, and the thing is too, you can say, well, if he wanted to be competitive, why would he trade a guy like Christian Yelich? Well, because I think he realizes instead of old ownership who would spend money to build a team, like I said, and then they get that revenue up and then they get their new stadium, which is going to increase revenue. And then they get increased revenue sharing. And then they trade away all their value and keep the profits. Jeter realizes, and the, the team, because it's not just him, there's an ownership team, but he's he's right. the head of it, like Magic Johnson and the uh, the um, Dodgers. Um, Jeter realizes that despite being in Miami, financially, they're going to be a small market baseball team. So a guy like Yelich is going to get big bucks if he hasn't already gotten an extension. I don't know his contract situation. I think he already got one, didn't he? Yeah, not really relevant to this particular topic. All I'm saying right. is, like, they knew for sure that the Marlins were not going to be able to afford what Yelich was going to get. They're going to have to play ball like the Rays. They're going to have to play ball like the Athletics. Now, whether they do or they don't in the long run, who knows? But it's a little bit different. Jeter knew when he got in there he had to, he had to get some of those contracts out of there. And he faced a lot of criticism. And as a Red Sox fan, I'm all for criticizing a former Yankee. But I also need to be fair, too, as an objective host of this show. I can understand where he's going with that, where it's like, if we're going to pay anybody that money, it's going to be a pitcher. It's going to be somebody who can dominate in a rotation. Like, um, 
Fernandez. Fernandez Fernandez would have been, unfortunately, before he. I think I think that was. I think that was the. And I'm not blaming Jose for anything. I I think I wish I wish he was still pitching. I said that before because I think he would have been the most. Oh, he was outstanding. He would have been the draw of of every single game. Like I would have went to Fenway. Oh yeah, just to watch him. Yeah, absolutely. Kid was electric. But him passing away, and then you have all these contracts where. It doesn't really the, – the the players didn't line up to make sense. And Jeter's going to look at it in a different perspective than most owners would because Jeter played the game. He's going to want to line up everything together to where they're all kind of rising up. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But he wants all these players rising up together. So it doesn't make sense to have Christian Yelich and Giancarlo Stanton as, you know, these high payroll guys when everything else is not ready. Whereas you send these players out, bring the, bring the young guys in and let them rise together and then build your base, build your brand as a whole. And you'll add pieces here and there. And then you can build, because I believe Derek Jeter wants to build the Marlins as sort of a, a Yankee dynasty at some point, because I don't see him wanting to deconstruct the team after just winning a World Series. I see him wanting to win multiples. And that's where he's going to work with his front office and kind of just build something that's sustainable where having Giancarlo Stanton's dead contract is not sustainable. Paying Christian Yelich uh, in his late 20s a brand new contract when the rest of your team is ready, not ready is not sustainable, especially when you don't have a pitching staff ready to perform at a playoff level, not mention, not to, not to mention you're expecting to win a championship at some point. So that's what I think. That's what I think he's going with that route, but I digress. We digress. The point yeah, there, is there will not be baseball in 2020. There won't be it's just not going to happen. And it's not looking good for 2021 baseball as a, league appears to be year to year like all the problems that are happening this year let's not let's not beat around the bush it's probably going to be the same thing next year yeah unfortunately but it will be the same thing next year like if they can't get 100 percent, the states that these teams are in they can't get 100 percent capacity you know what the owners are going to do they're going to expect some kind of reduction in pay because they're not going to be able to get as much revenue. And I said this multiple times, you need to be creative to get your revenue in, in a time like this. I am not saying risk people's lives. I'm saying be creative, do some fun events or, or something that you can get controlled draw to the, to the stadium in, in a consistent fashion. Because there there are points of time when the stadium is not being used. Yeah, and it's just yeah. a big lump of stone just sitting in the middle of downtown Boston, Chicago, like that monstrosity in Florida just sits there probably sometimes and not being used. Well, that's so, a beautiful stadium, just right. It's crappy just not team being in used there. sometimes. Yeah. So well, I mean, I said this before too. You said as far as they're going to want a reduction in salary. Yeah. Uh, as long as the players get on the field and play 162 games, they have absolutely zero grounds 
for restructuring a guaranteed contract. The problem we're running into now is there's nothing that states with the partial season what percentage is played. That's why the owners have an out. But as far as if they come back next year and they somehow, somehow come to an agreement, there will be no room for the owners to say, well, if we don't have our revenue, even though we're playing 162 games, that you're only going to make X amount. No, 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 no. Nope. Those are legally binding, fully guaranteed contracts. However, all the upcoming free agents will take a massive hit. Oh, that's absolutely. So that's going to be a problem for those players. But the ones who are already signed, like like Bryce Harper ain't going to starve anytime soon. So, And, and I don't see Machado opting out of his deal. Do you? Oh, that's that's another thing, too. All these, these uh, player options where a lot of guys may have opted out to get more. Right. They're not going to have that anymore. Like my shadow's going to be there now. Yeah. JD Martinez is not. No. Like he already passed on one opt out. He's not going to pass on any of the other. Nope. He's, he's, he's gonna, guaranteed 20 mil a year for, I think the next three years. So he's going right, to take he's that. He's going through. Uh, if, if Xander who just got his extension, if he had any opt outs, he is. Boris would be dumb to tell him to opt out of any of his deals. And, and Boris is a lot one, of things, but dumb is not one of them. Correct. Um, but you're a you're a person, right? Like this next off season, if you're a free agent, you're screwed. Mookie yeah. Betts, oh. Mookie Betts is not getting four fifty. Like I, we no. joked around, and I told you many times, like oh, Mookie might hit five hundred. Like he'll easily clear four, but he might hit five hundred. Like there were many reports said that he might hit that more. I'd be shocked if he, he went hit, to one fifty. Right, I was just saying, is he even going to hit two hundred? Not a no, chance. I doubt it. Not a chance. I highly, even on a ten year deal, no, no way. And he is he gonna take he's not gonna take a pillow contract. There's no, no way. At most he, he'll sign a two or three year deal for like sixty. And then just take then, his chances then, when, when he right. expires. Yeah. Right. He's not, there's no way he's gonna take a one year because he's making close to thirty right now on arbitration. Right. So there's no way he's taking any he's not gonna consider anything less than that. And that's just one player that I can think of on top of my head that's I, I know is a free agent. There's countless others that are free agents this year. Uh, the offseason of 2021, which will be a even a bigger deal because in that offseason after next year and before the next season starts, you need to have a CBA in place. Because remember, the season starts five days after the World Series. Right. So, so in November, they're going to need to have something in place because in November is when – the offseason starts, you have to start doing your tenures for players, your arbitration uh, eligible players. Uh, you have your exclusive time to sign your free agents, and then they hit open free agency. Uh, what am else am I missing, Chris? Um, um, uh, There's so much of the, the baseball offseason. The 40-man roster, you have yeah, to have that filled out. And uh, what's the um, – What's the one where, God, the draft where you can play pick players off the teams that uh, rule five old. draft. Thank you. Rule five. Yeah. So all that stuff has to be factored in before that season starts. So literally, they're going to be like they can't get agreement on this season, right? So now you're going to start. So like February is going to start the whole new season, like the whole calendar season of pitchers and catchers all this other stuff. And now you have to get an agreement together for the next, the next year to start. You've got to work on a CBA. These two 
These two cannot agree on anything. No. How are they going to agree on a new collective bargaining agreement? I don't see it. Well, I think we should move on to the NBA. I just want to close on this. Yep. I don't believe, and you said this for way before I did, uh, there will be baseball in 2020. Maybe not even 2021. We'll see. Uh, it has been. It has not been 100% official and stated as of this point. But I think that's coming any day now. That both sides have all but said they're done negotiating. This isn't happening. And it's a shame. People who honestly, you know, take money out of it, take everything. People just love baseball. The game itself, watching it get played despite, you know, its problems. Um, It's still unfortunate. It's a bad situation. It sucks. I don't feel bad for players. I don't feel bad for owners. I feel bad for fans who actually care and want the distraction with all the craziness going on in the world today. Um that they just they don't have that because millionaires need to fight with billionaires about pennies to them. What it is. And that's what it is. And we will, of course, update you next episode if anything official unveils. But we will do our best to not rehash this baseball thing unless something new breaks, which has been seemingly every episode for about a month now. So... We, yeah, we, intended to, we intended to go another direction We intended to go just... anywhere but baseball today because we know you guys have been inundated with baseball information, especially on this show. And we wanted to go somewhere else with it, but uh, they decided to set today as the day. They're essential, like I said last episode, essentially their drop-dead date for negotiations. And it would not surprise me if by the time we talk to you again on Friday, it has been officially stated that there will be no 2020 season. They really don't need to do that because we all all see the writing on the wall. We know that. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, I, I don't I don't think they can come back from this. But that's just me. So the NBA has had some interesting revelations the last couple of days. Can I hold you for a second, Chris? Sure, what's up? <clears throat> the MLBPA made a statement. Okay, just now? Uh, well, technically it was two hours ago. Okay. No. Uh, roughly. So I guess we were in our pre-show discussion while it dropped. This comes from the illustrious Tony Clark. Always a reasonable players, man. Yeah, players are disgusted after that, af- that after Rob Manford unequivocally told players and fans that they would 100% be on a, be a 2020 season. He has decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Any implication that the Players Association has somehow delayed the progress on the health and safety protocols is completely false. As Rob has recently acknowledged, uh, parties are very, very close. This latest threat is one more indication that Major League Baseball has been negotiating in bad faith since the beginning. This has always been about extracting additional pay cuts from players and this is just another day and another bad faith tactic in their ongoing campaign. And that was tweeted out by, sorry, tweeted out by the MLBPA communications. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. And that's and that was on the heels of the uh, statement that we, we just, we didn't discuss the statement, but we, we brought it to light from MLB on their website. So it's, again, we've dated this before. They're slinging mud at each other through the media. 
because they don't want to sit down and talk to each other. But anyway, I think uh, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about one of my favorite players in the NBA. Yeah, he says sarcastically. Yeah. So <clears throat> former Celtic legend Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> one we'll of the greats, along with one Bird and and yeah, Russell and. I was honestly excited when when Kyrie was traded to the uh, Celtics. I'm not gonna lie, and he was great in his first season until he got injured. I've said that before. I'll say it till the end of time that he was great his first season, and the reason why they got to the Eastern Conference Finals is because he put him in position to be a higher seed. That being said, I. As the West, a Western Conference player who will not be named because he doesn't want to be named, stated that I, I understand his message. I agree with his message, which is a broad statement because it could be pieces of a message you agree with. The person does not agree with the messenger. You say, what's wrong with Kyrie Irving? Well, Kyrie Irving is about himself. He's an attention whore. Always okay. has been. Always has That's been. That's it. That's it. That, Point blank, Chris. That's all it is. So I'm going to start with a tweet by Jeff Goodman, who's a very good college basketball um, insider. Uh, and he does a lot with the NBA. Uh, he just he gets a lot of connections in college, and they, they last into the NBA, so he can get a lot of good insight information. This was a... The call from um, Friday, the the conference call with the 80 players, wide-ranging call with 80 or so NBA players and multiple voices, Kyrie, CP3, Chris Paul, and Mello, Carmelo Anthony, all vocal. One quote from Kyrie, there's only 20 guys actually getting paid, and I'm part of that. Let's not pretend there's not a tiered system purposely to divide us. You say that? Oh, that. Does that make sense to you, Chris, as a person who has not paid attention to the NBA? Does well, that make sense uh, that <laughs> only 20 guys are actually getting paid? Let's let, okay, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil anything cuz I know you have a setup here. But what oh, Kyrie yeah. Kyrie is trying to turn this into they don't want to play because of racial issues in America. And he's trying to say the contract structure is there to divide them. Now, nobody's nobody's arguing the issues that we're going through as a country right now. But what Kyrie's trying to do is turn that onto his benefit because Kyrie has always been about Kyrie. So he's trying to say there's a tiered structure meant to divide us. You mean a pay scale based on talent? Yeah. That's in every job in America, everywhere. He's trying to turn it into something it isn't because he just needs more attention. Right. As a country right now, there's a lot going on on a lot of different levels. And we don't need people dividing us because they want to mask it, trying to sound altruistic because they really want more money. It's just, it's pretty sad on Kyrie's part. It is. Um, I don't think I answered your question. Sorry, but that's just my opinion on him. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. Um, So I'm going to jump ahead to the two player comments before I come back to the, uh, I guess, you could call it the gotcha moment that I'm going to get with uh, my boy Kyrie. Um, So we had two, I have two player comments. Uh, Austin Rivers, uh, son of, of Doc Rivers, the head coach for 
um, the LA Clippers. Uh, he wrote a nice um, statement on on Instagram, uh, trying to find the correlation. Us coming back would be putting money in all our NBA player pockets. With this money, you could help out even more people and continue to give more important, more importantly, your time and energy towards the BML movement, which I'm 100% on board with because change needs to happen and injustice has to be has been going on too long. But also, not to mention that there are plenty of NBA players I know who need that, who need them paycheck. Let's remember you have to kind of context. Some of the the spelling is just compressed because you got to get a lot of information in a little spot. So don't criticize Austin Rivers. He's very well educated, smart kid. His father is very smart. It's just you got to compress. There's a character limit. Yeah, he, he can only do so much. <laughs> well, also you don't want to have a four thousand word paragraph on ig no one's gonna read it well that's what i mean like he has to he has to there's only so much you can information you can put down there um not to mention nba basketball is predominantly african-american and a lot of our audience is too us providing entertainment and hope for kids is important also keeping some kids indoors and watching basketball games on on television instead of maybe going out and getting in trouble due to the unfair and equality environments of a lot of African-American kids are placed in is important too. Not saying basketball is a cure for that, but basketball can provide a distraction. On another note, not to mention the ramifications of not playing with the NBA, uh, with the uh, TV money, CBA, et cetera, would really put an NBA basketball behind, possibly even canceling next year. Remember that statement, everybody. I love Kyrie's passion towards helping this movement is admirable and inspiring. I'm with it, but in the right way and not to cost the whole NBA and a player's careers. We can do both. We can play and we can help change the way black people's are lived. I'm sorry, the way black lives are lived. I think we have to, but canceling or boycotting return doesn't do that. In my opinion, guys want to play and provide and help change. I thought that was well put by uh, Austin very well Rivers. put, very well stated. Absolutely, um, wants to make a difference, but he know he realizes that them playing can be a nice distraction in a positive way for people who need it right now. Correct. Now I'm not sure if Kyrie's responded to him in person over a DM. Uh, I haven't seen anything hit yet. Now before I go back to that other gotcha moment, I want to I want to read just snippets. I'm not gonna. Bore you with the whole thing. So on hoopsite.com, Alex Kennedy uh, interviewed 10-year vet Ed Davis with the Utah Jazz. Uh, Ed Davis, I believe, was a top 15 pick. I believe, if I'm correctly, he played at North Carolina. Um, so I'm just going to highlight a few parts. You can go on hooppipes.com and read the whole thing. I think it's a, uh, it's a good read. So it'll take about 10 minutes of your time, but I think it is a good read and good insight by Ed Davis, who's been in the league for a few years. So I'll highlight a few points. Um, it's sort of bigger than the than that because if we don't, and he's referring to playing and not playing, because if we don't, I honestly think there's a chance we won't play next year. Chris, that's a second player that has said that. Yeah. And there is an out in the CBA 
and this is not what he said in this. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going off of what I've heard from a couple places. There's an out in the CBA that if they don't play, they can shred up the CBA and renegotiate, which yep. astonishes me, but apparently there's an out. And even, even Stephen A in his video, which by the way, it's a very good video. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but it's a very good video Stephen A put out on his uh, Twitter account. That's Stephen A. Smith, for all those you don't know. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, Stephen A. Smith came back at um, Kyrie Irving and Stephen Jackson about sitting out the season. But even he said, because Stephen A. is a basketball guy. He knows basketball. So he knows that there is a CBA out if they don't play. Do I know how and why? No. I just know the ramifications are. They could have an out, and if they don't play, they could decrease the salary cap, which if you decrease the salary cap, Chris, we all know. You reduce the salaries of players. Yep. And Ed Davis brings up a player that he plays with, Donovan Mitchell. He's looking at a $160 million contract, which may be cut down to 90 millions, depending if the cap drops. Now, to us, 160 to 90 is a, is either one would be a lot of money for us. Oh, yeah. But uh, someone of Donovan Mitchell's ability to get paid equivalent of what his abilities are, that's a lot of money to Based lose. Based on what other people are getting paid. Yeah, right. Another highlight. I saw Steven Jackson say that we can't play because it's going to be a distraction. Yeah, it's going to be a distraction. But we could take that money, those billions and billions of dollars that we're going to make and pour it back into the community. You can look at it like that that us losing out on money would hurt generations of people. Again, he's not wrong. It's true. It's true. People can, you can pour this money. You, you, you hear about all sorts of people giving back. I take an example of, of two people that I come to my mind, JJ Watt in Houston. He dumps so much money back into his community. He does fundraisers mm-hmm. and killer Mike in Atlanta. Uh, killer Mike is a recording artist. He supports his his community and tries to bring it up. And he does that with his platform, with his music and his uh, speaking out against everything that he uh, he stands for. So those are people that are doing it with their platform. If you don't have, if you don't play, you don't have a platform. Let's just put it simple like that. Yep. You're not. Yeah. You can't. You can't. (laughs) You can't be heard if you silence your own voice. You t- take advantage of the abilities you have. If you have the ability to play basketball, play football, hockey, soccer, baseball, whatever, you have that ability. If you choose to make, to take that platform and, and try to further um, the community, further the nation, then good. If you choose to be like Michael Jordan, who chose to reinvest his money, but not take a political stand, that's fine. You can do that too. But if you want to make a stance like Steven Jackson does, and let's put a little context to Steve Jackson. He used to play in the NBA, but he retired. So he's telling the NBA players not to play. And he's not playing because he's retired. Right. So I think you got to remember that. He's like, he's telling these guys not to play. Now, <clears throat> we get to the part where Ed Davis takes a slight dig at a couple of players. It's easy for a guy like Kyrie to say he'll give everything back for social reform. But would he really give everything back? Question mark. 
That's a slight dig. Well, saying and doing are two very different things. And Kyrie, there, there's few players on everything from actually on the court matters to off the court matters who are more wishy washy than Kyrie Irving. Right. So and, and, and it's a very fair Dwight, question. Very fair right. question. Fair. And Dwight Howard was another person who was outspoken on the call. And now Ed Davis says it's easier for Dwight Howard to say that we don't need to play when he has in Atlanta his own $20 million mansion. You know, Ed and, Davis put that comment out. That is not out of context. That's in his statement. Right. He's not – I don't think Ed Davis is trying to try to rip guys. He's just making a point. Like, you don't want to play, but it's really easy for you to do not play because you got what well, you need. Unfortunately, in 2020 in America, even if you make a point, someone's going to find it offensive, and then you're the bad guy. Oh, he's going to get hit. So even, even if, even if you're right and justified and you have a good point and you can back it with numbers and statistics, if somebody doesn't like it and they get butthurt about it, you're just a bad guy. So – I, uh, I here's the thing a couple yeah. days ago a couple days ago this was about COVID-19 right now it's about racial inequality right. okay those are both valid points but which one is it is it going to be global warming next week like what like, if these guys just don't want to play tear up the damn contracts don't make them play and sign other people who want to play like honestly I, I hate to sound cold about that because I I, I empathize like if it wasn't coming from a guy like Harry Irvin, yeah, that's that's my to point start too. it. It would make a little bit more sense to me. And there are some other people along the way who aren't known for being people who who cause problems and, and who have off the wall opinions on just about everything. Who are, are speaking up? And hey, if if you don't want to play because you don't feel it's appropriate um, for for racial reasons or for COVID nineteen reasons, you're a living, breathing human being with your right to your own opinion. And the ability to make your own decisions. If you feel that way, fine. That's 100% your right. But, like you said, if you take yourself out of the, out of the situation, you no longer have a platform. You're not visible. You're not in the public eye. You can do things during these games that are going to bring more eyeballs to the situation and help everybody get on the same page. And you can't do that sitting at home in your $20 million mansion. Right. So. Two more. There's two more quotes from uh, this piece I wanted to bring up. People are going to love me or hate me after this episode. (laughs) There are so many different perspectives because there are so many different levels in the NBA. Just true. True statement. Okay. Like I said, it's easy. So easy for superstars to say, let's not play. And they're good. But some guys can't just do that. There are, lot, there are lives on the line, and like I said, generational wealth online. These are hits that are going to that we're going to take if we don't play. And, and this is just, still Ed Davis. You said this is still Ed Davis. Okay. This is truest facts. Some people have they get so much wealth, like eighty percent of NFL players go bankrupt, but yet they make so much money. So it's it's just about. You, you're you're setting your family up down the line so that maybe they don't have to play sport X or sport Y. And, and you know, Deion Sanders' son is a, a freshman. I don't remember what school he's going to, but he's a freshman in going into college, and he's going to be a quarterback. Well, that's great. You know, he has the talent to do it, but he has the ability to 
to complete his college degree because his father was smart with his money and obviously was probably one of the best players in the NFL and is able to hand that generational wealth down to the next line and teach his son how to manage his money and how to grow that wealth beyond what Dion did. And that's, I think what Ed Davis is talking about here. He's just, you're helping your gener- your, your, your generations down the line. If you affect change now with your platform and if you continue to play, whereas like we've heard two players say, if they don't play this year, there is a possibility of no play next year. Ed Davis is, you, you may think 10 years, that's not long. Ed Davis is, is probably close to the end. So he might not get another contract or, or he might not play another game. Right. There's just one more statement. And I think this is the most powerful statement he made in this interview. And it goes to the connection between the NBA uh, front office, the NBA owners and the NBA players. There are things like that we could do. And there are too many powerful people in the NBA with owners and players working with the commissioner, Adam Silver. And if we take a stand and don't play, we're not going to benefit from that. That is the most powerful statement he can make in this whole interview. And I agree with that hundred percent. hundred percent. People are going to watch. People are going to listen to what these guys have to say. And if they really, really want to make a change, that's fine. If you want to go protest after your game or would do whatever you want to do, that's fine. Obviously that's your right. It's a constitutional right. No problem. But like, (laughs) if you just collectively say, we're going to take all that we could do and just go ahead underneath a rock instead of trying to try to bring attention to this and, and, and use our tremendous influence in a positive way. Uh, they're doing everyone. They're trying to, they say they're trying to help a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. They are. And, and to think of it this way, they're playing at the worldwide sports um, complex, one location. So they can have this agreement the owners, the commissioner, the players, everyone, they can come to an agreement on, hey, what can we do to move this message forward? What can we put on on TV that would be to unite everyone and make a stand against racial inequality and be the forefront of, of making this change? And they can sit down and talk about that. And then every time you turn on an NBA game, you're going to see it every time because it's going to be in one place. So for however many games there are, every single night, plus you can have run commercials at least once an hour on, on certain things you want to do that aligns with moving inequality forward so everyone has the same opportunity. And I think that that's probably the biggest miss would happen is you'll have the eyeballs because NHL probably will not last like the season. I'm not saying uh, 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 the sport, but I'm saying this season, this snapshot season, NHL probably won't last as long as the NBA because it tends, their playoffs tend to be a little shorter than the NBA. And we were already seeing the NBA is going to stretch out till what the end of October. Yeah. Of what year? 
Their playoffs take forever, man. Holy crap. But they'll also play during the week. So their playoffs, they'll see the difference between the NBA and and MLB is they'll probably have to try to, they'll try to have conversations with the NFL and see what they can work on to see if they can balance something. I believe that. I don't know what kind of history they have, but I believe they would try to have some balance to where they can work together to A, get the message out and B, not step on each other's viewerships, which it'll yeah, still sure. be difficult to do, to do, but they can kind of have, they can work together. We'll end with this. This is the gotcha moment I have for old Kyrie Irving. Let's, let's remember what his statement was. There are only 20 guys actually getting paid, and I'm part of that, which is accurate. He is the 18th highest paid player in the NBA at 32 million. Oof. Okay. The number one player getting uh, number one contract is Steph Curry at $40 million. Okay. So between Chris, between number one and 18 is $8 million. Okay. The 40th highest player, the 40th is LaMarcus Aldridge at 26 million. I'm still not seeing anybody in the poverty level here. Okay, okay. How about the 80th high, 80th highest paid player, Clint Capella, starting center for the Houston Rockets, who I think is about to get a contract extension, or he already got his and hasn't kicked in yet. He's getting nearly fifteen million dollars. Okay, it's still you're you're still not hurting. Where where's no. the guy making twelve bucks an hour who got laid off? Where is he? Uh, 12 bucks an hour, and we won't get to that, Chris. Just so oh, you know. okay. We, okay. We'll never get to that. Um, I just want to bring context to that. Did he get his extension? Uh, yes, he got his extension, so it'll increase each year. But it wasn't a crazy extension. But at the end of at, at the end of Clint Capella's extension, he will be 28 years old. He will get a super max deal. So at some point, he won't be hurting. The one hundred. good to know. He'll, he'll get out of the $15 million a year basement. That's good to know. <laughs> so the 160th highest play pair, uh, highest paid player. I know what you're trying to say, yeah. that's a, Is David Beedris and... To make 14 bucks an hour? And I- Iria's Ilisova. No, they're not making 14 bucks. They're making 7 mil. Oh. Chris, these are like... Ilisova's been around for a while, and so is Beedris. They're like... 14th 13th 12th player on the roster like that's the end of the roster players and they're making seven how many teams in the nba uh 30 and 15 per 12 uh, or 15 f- person 15 active 13 or f- 15 total 13 active okay so you're doing some quick 30. math there 390 so that's you're almost at the point where that's half the players in the league are making seven million dollars a year or more. So shocking, you broke down numbers and completely disproved Kyrie Irving's point. I just want to add one little little tidbit. Sure. Even a player on a rookie minimum contract will earn eight hundred and ninety eight thousand three hundred and ten for a season. So just Man. a hair under a million. And if you keep progressing the sport. I can see that number eek over a million dollars. So as a rookie, if you're an active rookie, you could potentially make a million dollars a year. I mean, I can, I, I can see Kyrie's point though, because what we should do, we should start a GoFundMe for these NBA players 
Absolutely. We should ask all the nurses who are working doubles and come home exhausted, not able to move, or all these factory workers who have been completely displaced and making things uh, because of this virus they've never had to do before and and have to deal with situations that are not under job description, making just slightly above minimum wage, or, or all these other people out there doing essential services who are making not even a tenth at best a year of what the lowest paid NBA players making. Let's all get together and get, a, get an offering plate or something for Kyrie Irving so he can donate how he sees fit because clearly he is the financial guru the NBA truly needs. And it's, it's, it's just, jackass. It's just hilarious. It's, it's really jackass. Um, and I just want to mention, um, I meant to mention this before I started talking about it. Uh, Dan Feldman of MC, NBC Sports uh, wrote this uh, piece on, M- on NBC. So I just want to make sure I give him credit for um, all this information. I did not look all this stuff up myself. But yes, this is, this is, this is Kyrie Irving throwing shit against the wall. And it just didn't stick. Like it, it took like, so Kyrie posted his tweet or uh, Jeff Goodman posted his tweet about Kyrie uh, on Friday. And I think uh, Dan, uh, I think uh, Dan Feldman posted his piece today or yesterday. So it didn't take him long to debunk Kyrie Irving. I mean, how long did it take someone to debunk his flat earther theory? Uh, anyone who's seen a globe or a map okay. or has basic common sense of how gravity and things work. Um, and the fact that there's no ledge. Any any seven-year-old who's been to school. Uh, I can keep going. Sorry, whatever. No, no, no. I get you. I get you. I get you. Uh, just so you know, everyone, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving at one point was a flat earther or he was joking he was a flat earther or whatever. Um. Uh, he intimated that he was doing, but he, uh, it's the thing with Kyrie. It's always a joke. And it, it, it's it, a troll job is what it is. He's it's, trolling. It's, everybody. He has all these stupid things to say. And then the minute someone calls him on it, Oh, I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha. Oh yeah. Because he had to publicly apologize for saying that because kids were going to school questioning whether the earth is flat because it's Kyrie Irving. He is like so prolific in Cleveland at that time. It's just, and he had to apologize and, and, and just say he was joking. And, and I think, I think what it do, what what it does is Kyrie's career is becoming a joke. Uh, he's lucky that the Brooklyn Nets gave him a, a max contract because I don't know if the Celtics were like you could Danny Age could say all he wants about how he loved Kyrie Irving and all this. He's just doing he was just doing that as a fluff. He don't really he didn't want Kyrie Irving back. Not a chance did he want him back. He realized after he made that trade. Oh man, what did I do? Yep. Yep, and then his knee problems continued, and now his knee co- his knee problems are continuing in, in Brooklyn, and his his bitchy attitude is continuing, and it's just just looking at him. I think I think the the greatest the greatest point I can make about Kyrie Irving and how he's just so off the deep end is that at a season tickets holder with the Celtics beginning last year. He stated he he was had a desire to re-sign with the Celtics. By the time January came around, he was intimating that he wasn't going to resign and it was up to the Celtics and whatever exactly he says. And I'm sorry I'm not quoting Kyrie directly, and I understand that would piss him off. 
if I don't quote him exactly, but good. I don't really care to look up what exactly Kyrie says because no matter what you say, Kyrie's going to try to spin it in his light. So I'll close with this. If Austin Rivers said what Kyrie said and Kyrie said what Austin said, I would be more open to the idea that maybe we should, you know, we should consider that not playing because I hold Austin Rivers a little more weight because he doesn't have that attitude and, and, and history that Kyrie has. So I agree with whatever the Western conference players was. I said, I agree with the message, but I don't agree with the messenger because the messenger was a, it's a bad, a bad person to lead a charge. Who's going to make a stupid statement like this when the NBA is probably the the only reason why they're number number one is because the NFL crushes it completely. Yeah. And if NFL takes any sort of kind of hits, the NBA will pounce and take advantage of that. Well, it's going to have to be one hell of a hit because there's a good disparity between the two leagues. Oh yeah, there is. But, oh yeah, there is. But I, I'm just. I mean. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done with that's, Kyrie. That's oh, yeah. I think we all have, both have been for quite some time. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I'll, I'll just close with this on Kyrie. It's it's always it's like I said, it's always a joke until someone call, if someone calls him out, and then it's a joke, no matter what he says. You know, everyone has a right to their own opinion, but when you're a guy like Kyrie, it's just constantly just off the wall stuff, and it makes you go. Ugh. If a guy like LeBron came out and said, "Hey, I have reservations," it have credence. It have credence, and it would hold and some it- weight, and you'd go, "Okay, like, what do you got to say, LeBron?" Because you're not someone who doesn't want to play basketball. You want to be on the court. Right. You want to use your platform in the most positive way you can. And despite what you may think of the man, people may not like him. LeBron James is not a bad guy. He's a good dude who tries doing a lot of good for a lot of people. And I've had my issues with some of the ways he's acted in the past, but then he turns around and always redeems himself. He's never done anything egregious or terrible. So the worst thing, the worst thing he's done is the, um, the decision. Right. And that's what I said. That's my issue. But then, like I said, he turned around and donated all the money to charity. So, right. okay, even there his heart was in the right place. So, if a guy like him came out and said, "Hey, look, I have a lot of concerns, and I don't, I'm not so sure that this is a good idea," it hold weight. Kyrie cries wolf again. Whatever, just, just don't play then, Kyrie. Don't play. Yeah, that's exactly, and it just tells you, it tells you what what LeBron had to deal with in Cleveland when Kyrie was there. He just had no to wonder he left. <laughs> Well, well, Kyrie left first. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he left yeah. first. There goes that idea. Yeah, because they were going to play each other in the uh, the playoffs, but Kyrie got injured late in the season, so they only, they played the Celtics, but they played a Kyrie, oh, okay. Kyrie less Celtics, which is why they stumped them out. But I think I think your point is right. It's, it's, if LeBron says it, it has weight. It, it has momentum behind it. And respectability, LeBron, yeah. And LeBron knows if he's not playing basketball, he doesn't have a platform. Yeah. Now maybe he goes a different route and he builds himself up in a different way, but he doesn't have that platform, that immediate platform within like three years. Because remember, he went in the NBA in eighteen. He doesn't have a platform by the time he's twenty-five. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But then he definitely has to go to college and get a degree. But right now, LeBron James has the biggest platform of anybody. 
Like, yeah, the I'd only say, person, I'd, honestly, I'd say in all sports. I'd say anybody. I, I would. I would. They all. Maybe. No, not even Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't have the platform that LeBron James has. He doesn't have the following that he has. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more people like LeBron James. Yes, and a lot more people like LeBron James than, than Donald Trump. But it's just, it's the difference between, you know, LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And, and Michael Jordan made a decision. And in the time, the era that he was in, he didn't have to deal with social media. So he really didn't have to deal with the questions and the tweets and all that stuff. I don't but know how LeBron, well he would have done in that situation, honestly. Right. Wouldn't handle it like LeBron has. Some of the stuff about Michael, I don't know, man. He wouldn't have been able to get around with, nah. with with a lot of the stuff, you know, reports of what why he retired the first time. Let's just uh, oh, that's all reports. So that's 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 speculation. We don't that's, know that. That's why I say it's, it's fine speculation about why yeah. he retired the first time. But LeBron hasn't had any of that. He literally hasn't had any of that. You would know about it. If LeBron had any of those skeletons caught it. Yeah, for sure. So I just, wrong messenger. Wrong, wrong. And and let's be honest, Melo's probably not the best one either. And Dwight Howard definitely isn't the right one. Because no, no. there are multiple teams that just jettisoned him out midway through the season. Like he's on his like sixth or seventh team. And he's been in the league like probably about the same time as as Ed Davis, like 10 years. But I would say Ed Davis has more of a profile, right? A, a better NBA profile than Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard has been a little too wishy-washy sometimes. I mean, he couldn't work with Kobe Bryant in late in Kobe Bryant's career. So, I mean, what are you going to do with him? So it's just the people that are trying to have a stand against playing this year, are the wrong individuals to be having this claim. They just have some sort of baggage that makes it seem like they're trying to make it about themselves. And that's, that's probably the best way I can put it uh, without. But Howard's been playing for 16 years, 16 years. Drafted number one overall in 2004. And he ain't making the hall of fame. Uh, I don't think he has a, no, he doesn't have a championship. And he's probably been on better part of like almost ten teams. It's it's he's just he's just useless at this point. He's a, a ancient player of an ancient time, where a back to the back, a back to the board center who can block but can't shoot and can't shoot free throws is totally useless at this point. He is uh, a, this, he's on his seventh stint on the team. But this is his second stint with the Lakers, so he's actually on his sixth team. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm overinflating Dwight. All Hollins. right, you're you you're just this. going through, running through the reasons you don't like these guys now. Are we uh, anything else relevant to the topic of restarting? No, uh, I think they should start, and I think they're going to be in the right. Uh, they're going to get to the right mode where next few days we'll we'll have concrete, hundred percent on board. And if they want to sit out, they can sit up. Fine, sit yeah, it up. It's all right if they want to. That's it's their call. And, and just add this extra context: Kyrie isn't playing. Yeah, his team was eliminated. Uh, no, he's not. No, no, he's not. They're not eliminated. They're he's not playing because he's injured. Oh, he's 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 designated himself out for the season. So somehow the Nets don't have KD or Irving, and they're still in the playoffs. I think so. 
Oh, good for them. Damn. Well, they, they had a nice – well, uh, Kyrie did play at one point, and they had a nice little run. Uh, but I think they're – I think he's still – yeah, Brooklyn's seventh seed. Oh, all um, right. Well, I stand corrected then. Never mind. But that's my point is his team is going, and – He's not even playing because he's he's diagnosed him out for the se- himself out for the season. So, yeah, Kyrie's not even gonna, he's not even going to play. Yeah, like geez, just uh, yeah. Well, it's easy to stand back and say that stuff when you're you know you're not you're going to get the money and not play anyways. But he's and he's going to get his money. So it's it's just you need a different person to facilitate this message. And even then, it's still you have too many players coming out and say it's. It's too good of an opportunity right now to continue the movement, to continue the narrative, to be to bring the end of uh, injustice. Again, not. I, I, again, I mean, it's it's the, the 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 owners or governors, whatever, and and union have already agreed on the restart. So right. if these players individually choose to not play for reasons they're only bringing up now, not during all the negotiation process, they're only bringing up now. Then that's fine. Don't play. Don't get your money. Your contract can be voided, and then you can try to renegotiate when there's a new CBA next year. Good luck. That's all I got to say to you. If you want to try I to think, think of every reason in the world to not play and not use your platform, right? Then don't go crying when nobody signs you for what you think you're worth. But, and I think I think the biggest and the damning thing is, is 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 if they don't play, they decide to sit out, that they could tear up the CBA because. You tear up the CBA, then they can just write it up any way they want, and who knows what's going to be put in that or not put in that. It's like the NBA is is in such a good spot right now that you all you can do is hurt it if you sit out. Like you want to progress it continuously and continue to grow the game and yeah, doing think, something like. I think a lot of things are going to be hurt in, uh, if if these guys can't come to an agreement and get back on the court because I think there's too many players that are going to want to play. So I don't yeah. think, I, don't think, I think they're going to play. Yeah. It's just, it's just a sad that you you might see some players sit out, but Kyrie's already sitting out because he's injured. So why does it really matter what he says? And we're going to get out of here because we've already gone a little bit long. We do, however, have a little sneak peek for your next episode. We were planning on doing it this episode, but we ran a little long with these first two topics. Apparently, the New York Yankees have found themselves in a little bit of hot water with uh, a letter written by Major League Baseball that they are trying to keep from the public eye. Uh, allegedly, there's some ties to science dealing and essentially the things they kind of lost their mind about uh, towards the Astros when all the Astros stuff came to light. So Ben and I are going to break that down a little bit. We're not going to have uh, baseball restart drama. We're going to actually have pertinent on the field things that have happened in the past that are being brought to light now should be a pretty fun discussion we both have some pretty strong opinions on that as always any of you have any questions or comments or opinions on anything you heard on this episode we would love to hear from you and ben where can you do that uh you can hit us up on twitter that's at bcts pods or you can hit us up on facebook ben and chris talk sports all right as always ladies and gentlemen Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we hope you're enjoying listening to the show as much as we enjoy doing the show. And for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. And we will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.